Welcome to Everything Life Coaching. I'm John Kim. And I'm Noelle Cordeaux. We are the founders of Journey Coaching. We're super passionate about all things coaching and want to share what we've learned from over a decade of coaching and training over a thousand life coaches. Dive deep into a more meaningful career, find freedom, and make an impact on the world around you. Hey guys, this is the second episode in a series called What Coaching Is and What Coaching Is Not. Noelle. Hello. I don't know what to say after I say Noelle. And I, I don't know because it feels weird. I just say Noelle. <laughs> I should say something different. Well, I mean, it might be on me to come up with something unique and entertaining in response. I feel like I'm just kind of um, tossing the ball at you instead of, you know, really hitting it like with a tennis racket when I just say Noelle. It feels very uh, lukewarm. That's fair. So yeah. your your homework is for next time to come up with a um, a snazzier way to address me, John. Oh God! All right, yeah, I, I really need to hit 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 the ball back harder. All right. So today we're going to take a different approach approach to this topic. Correct? Yes, we are going to hit the ball. Oh out of shit! The ah, that's rude. impressive. Oh my God! See, um. <laughs> You just took something that I was really insecure about and you buried me. <laughs> wow. Wow. All right. I got to, um, I got to figure out some sign effects, uh, sound effects for next time. But anyway. Okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm having, I'm having a good week. I'm on fire this week. All right. So today we're going to talk about, we're going to continue talking about what coaching is and is not. Last time we took it from a purely behavioral perspective of right. this is the this is the behavior that coaching is this is the habit that people usually do and so today we're going to pull the curtain back even further and take a look at it from one of my all-time favorite lenses which is our brains and look at how our brains natural uh, and evolutionary processes lead us towards bias mm -hmm. and what we need to work on in order to become really good at coaching and implementing coaching cultures. Oh, interesting. Yeah, this is good. This is juicy. It is juicy. I love this stuff. I am so excited. <laughs> All right, let's talk about it. Let's go. So um, our brains and, and what, how they uh, uh, trick us? Yeah, how they trick yeah. us and how bias works and how, how bias manifests and how it gets in the way. So yeah. the first topic is something that coaching is, is letting go. Mm. And something that coaching is not is hanging on. Yeah, and let's go deeper and get more specific. When you say letting go, um, what does that mean as a coach, letting go of what? Oh, so much, so much. Um, but e you know, <laughs> uh, ego and, and this is, and how this manifests in the world, right? So mm. when we're talking about what coaching is and is not, this is really a general application to how we can all do a better job showing up as humans if we're all trained as coaches. Um, so I see this happen in relationships with attachment to what your partner should be. Mm -hmm. Um, I see this happen with parents and kids with, you know, this is, this is who my kid's going to become. Um, I see this happen in the workplace where somebody's late for a meeting uh, once or twice because 
you know, their cars in the shop and they've been juggling rental cars and Ubers and all of a sudden, you know, so-and-so's always late. And so it, it deals with, um, our, our existing beliefs and, and hanging on. Do you see this show up in any other places that I didn't describe? Mm, I don't know, but what I was thinking about, um, when you said uh, uh, coaches letting go of ego, um, and, and, and I might be birdwalking a little bit, but I think this is really important. One of the reasons why coaching gets such a bad rap, so um, on my various book tours, uh, when I talk about coaching, when I talk about, you know, journey um, and, 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 you know, how coaching is exploring, I get a lot of like side eyes. I get a lot of, um, oh, uh, but, you know, you're a therapist. And I think the reason is because um, with coaching, there usually is more ego. Than, than with a, a therapist, and and I and I find that because it's um, a, a new field, and uh, there aren't a lot of people um, actually going through the training and the process where you know you realize what coaching really is. There, there's a lot of inflation. There's a lot of inflated ego. There's a lot of people standing behind podiums and on soapboxes, and then because of that reason. Uh, coaching then gets a bad rap. So when you call yourself a life coach, you get a lot of eye rolls. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree with you, and and that ties into the science behind it. So you know when we when when we occupy the stance of letting go, it means that we're opening ourselves, our clients, our relationships, our coworkers up to their own potential to mm -hmm. do things differently, right. and. What we know from the science of goal accomplishment is that if you're going to change anything, you have to do things differently, period. Yeah. End of story. And when we hang on to things, what happens inside of our brains that's, is that we ignore details, clues, and data that contradict our existing beliefs. Mm. And we miss things. And this is an actually, it's it's called a, a mind bug, and it's a form of bias, and it's called confirmation bias. And it is the most common bias that all humans are subject to, that we listen to and filter and only hear information that confirms what we already think right. is right. Right. And then the, the information that we don't know that is new or that we don't think is right, we, we tend to dismiss or ignore, correct? Absolutely. So, right. you know, classic example is when, when folks are dating and the person says, you know, this isn't working for me. And the other person says, oh my God, she really likes me. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. It's a powerful bias that causes us to filter and select information. And yeah. so let's play through some coaching questions that can really help us here. So um, let's everybody call up a situation in your mind where you really wanted to hear or you did hear, you know, something that was that you believed previously or that you hold dear. And then we begin to analyze, all right, what aspects of this situation are challenging your beliefs and your thoughts? So, so something that comes up that you're saying that, so that it challenges your, um, beliefs and thoughts. 
Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And it usually has to do with growth and change, right? Right. Because we want to hang on really tightly to what we know. We don't want to do things differently. So I was reading um, an article about organizational change that was talking about um, when technology moved from um, servers to cloud format. And mm. companies that used to run on servers said, oh, you know, this is just working so well. Why would we ever change? And right. in fact, there was another technology that was much more effective and folks that were able to see, hey, there's a completely different situation here um, that's actually better, were able to move on and become more effective in business. Um, so when we're looking at these situations and we're dealing with our own pain centers and our own attachment to rightness, it's important to examine what specific beliefs and thoughts are being challenged. Yeah, you know, as a gearhead, uh, what comes to my mind is my judgment of electric cars. Um, me mm. feeling like in order to have a awesome driving experience, there has to be gasoline poured into your engine. You have to hear it roar, roar and, and, and you have to, you know, feel the vibration under the seat. Uh, and my friend got a Tesla and I drove it and I, I couldn't believe how fast that thing was. <laughs> I mean, it was like yeah. crazy. And um, I mean, I do still prefer engines, but um, my, my narrow mindedness and judgment of electric cars uh, made me think that they were, you know, um, not exciting, uh, dumb, et cetera. And I know they're good for the environment until I drove and I realized, oh, these are these can be just as exciting, you know. Yeah, absolutely. That's really cool. And so, you know, the second part of this is is taking a look at, well, you know, what would have happened to your belief system if your experience had just been reinforced, if you had been told exactly the opposite? Mm. What do you mean told? So what would be the opposite? Well, or if you had never had the experience of really enjoying being in that Tesla. Oh, yeah. So then I would just judge it. I would. So every time I saw a, uh, a an electric car go by, if it was like a sports car, I'd roll my eyes. I would think yeah. it was, it, they were lame. <laughs> so there would be no change. There would be no growth. There right. would be no opportunity to move into the future in a way that things are clearly going. Right. Right. Yeah. I would be, um, I would be the, uh, the, uh, the stubborn man on the porch that refuses to, um, you know, move with the times. <laughs> I mean, you still may be that guy, and I picture you in a bathrobe, you know, kind of glowering at folks, but <laughs> right, right. <laughs> it's you never know. Yeah. Let's tackle another one. Um, and this is this is a big one, and I think this is a really important one to explore. And I would love your take on it from a perspective of masculinity as well. Um, so what coaching is is acting as an advocate and as a champion. And the pitfall and the behavior that goes against this that we see a lot um, in personal life and at work is a feeling of having to protect your personal turf. Mm, that's interesting. What do you mean by personal mm -hmm. turf? So we were trained uh, for millions and millions and millions of years, um, 500 million to be exact, to act automatically in situations to perceive them as either threatening or non-threatening. Right. And then the story evolved um, as we evolved as humans. So it takes 0.1 second 
to determine if a situation is threatening or not, or if a friend is a friend or a foe. And so if you're approaching a situation and you're being expected to um, engage in a coaching culture or work as a coach where your job is to advocate and champion for the people around you, what you need to know that your brain is doing is trying to define very, very fast in an unconscious automatic way, are these people safe or not? And it it goes against um, all of the logic centers that we employ in our neocortex, our limbic system, our reptilian system is, is really trying to determine, you know, is this situation going to cause me to die or not? And so the way that that manifests in society is posturing, puffing, being suspicious, not giving people a chance, right. um, coming in with an iron fist, trying to control. Yeah, uh, uh, competing, holding up shields. Um, yeah, you know, when I think about like locker rooms, trying to be the big dog, right? Um, I've never been in a locker room in my life. <laughs> in uh, in a. Uh, um, uh, uh, sports and stuff trying to be kind of the alpha or showing other people that um that you are better or faster or stronger um all that stuff and i I wonder how that ripples into coaching because you know we're triggered by our clients all the time we are we're triggered by our clients all the time and and you know and increasingly when folks work as coaches they're being asked to expand beyond the Mm one-on-one and to bring this into their organizations, their family units, their friend structures. And so the ripples that are created through this evolutionary mechanism are really important to get a handle on. So here's an example of how this works. And I'm going to take this from an American um, Western perspective where this is a problem. So example one is where, you know, you're out in the world and there's somebody who is not a native English speaker and you respond to the person's voice. You, You don't like the way the tonality of their voice sounds. Maybe it reminds you of somebody in your life that you don't like. And so automatically your unconscious bias will influence you um, to respond to whatever information that person presents and to respond to that person and say, I don't like that guy. Yeah. I mean, you're basically talking about racism. <laughs> I'm, I am directly talking about yeah. racism. Yeah. But this works a different way too. So let's say exact same example. And there is a non-native English speaker and the particular tonality of that voice is pleasing or it reminds you of someone that you like. The unconscious bias will influence you as a listener to say, I like this person. What they have to share with me is good. You know, what is uh, the great example of this is the, uh, the, I mean, at least for me, the British accent. Because I mm-hmm. think it's so like sexy and, and, and movies have made it, you know, James Bond. And so like when someone has that a- accent, I instantly uh, give them more praise, right? I listen to them more. I think they're attractive just based on that accent. Yeah. So thank you for your vulnerability here, because what's missing from this conversation is any evaluation of the content of what the person is saying. Right, right, right. And, and on the other extreme, if I uh, also me being Asian and growing up um, um, embarrassed of that and not wanting to be Asian because people would uh, uh, be, be racist toward, toward me, 
um, and be trying to step away from that. If I hear someone with a heavy Asian accent, I tend to run or it turns me off or I judge them. Yeah. Yeah. So this is another one of those things that we call a mind bug because it's unconscious inference and it interferes with our ability to really get the data that we need in order to make appropriate choices and good decisions. And so if you're a coach, um, you need to be aware of this so that you don't impose this on your clients. Mm -hmm. You need to be aware of it if one of your clients presents it to you. And if you're implementing a coaching culture in your work life or your relational life, you need to be aware that this just happens to humans and we need to step away from it and, and create space between that impulse so that we can accurately evaluate what has been said. Right. Yeah, absolutely. It's also just better for the world. I mean, I know all of this is coaching is better for the world. And I know (laughs) I'm I'm not kidding it like in so many different ways, it just is. And um, one of the things that my coach has said to me, you know, time and again, especially when I beat myself up or, you know, when I just feel tired, uh, given the fact that it's hard to run a young company. Um, she says, Noel, coaching is the profession of hope. Get back up again. <laughs> mm, I love that. It's powerful. <laughs> it's powerful. And it's true. It's um, also, but it's also why, you know, a journey, we, we, we tell the students that this is going to be not only a, a life coaching training, but also a life changing for you, um, for, for you to go through this process so that you could change uh, from the inside out as a person, you know, before you even think about helping other people. Oh my gosh, you know, absolutely. And just, you know, for me personally, learning about this stuff has so fundamentally changed my whole operating system as a human. I, mm. uh, you know, I'm I'm immersed in it day in and day out and yeah. as a result, I'm now able to uh notice and evaluate when my own pain centers are lit up. Um and I'm not creating space between my emotional response and whatever is being said. Um I'm able to recognize when I'm not actively listening, because Mm -hmm. that uh, will lead you to miss information if you're not really tuned in and listening with your whole senses. Um, And I think probably the most beneficial outcome that I've personally experienced is, you know, as we move towards coaching mastery, you let go of your own attachment to rightness. And, you know, for a lot of folks that feels, um, really scary, but in practice, my God, there's such freedom in it. If you don't have to be right, hallelujah. (laughs) Yeah. And you know, one people who don't know a lot about coaching can argue, well, then what are they paying me for if I don't have to be right? And it's like, well, they're not paying you to tell them what to do. They're paying you to make good decisions. Um, and, 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 and whether, you know, whether that's, you know, working as a coach or working as a leader, um, your, your job as a coach is to evaluate the data that's been presented to you and ask good questions. Mm -hmm. Your, your job as a leader or someone who's implementing coaching culture is to listen to all sorts of diverse ideas and draw from them the genius that's underneath. Um, one of the things that gets in the way a lot is the hierarchical nature of our society that there's this expectation that if people are in charge they automatically make 
the best decisions, um, whether that is the, you know, the patriarchal mindset of I'm the man, you know, mm-hmm. I need to lead my family or um, I'm the boss, I'm the manager, therefore I know better or more than um, my employees. And if you're, unless you're a wizard, like that's not true. Right. Like a, a good idea is a good idea and all humans are equally capable of having them, whether it's your five-year-old or right. your coworker. Um, and so when you begin to listen and observe without attachment to power and rightness, you win. Yeah. You know, you can, you can literally cross out the word coaching and replace it with leadership as in leadership training and none of our criteria at Journey Would Change. No. Well... You know, it depends because there there are lots of different aspects of leadership training that might disagree with what I have to say. Mm. And so I'd say this is the coaching version of leadership. Right, right. Yeah. So let's tackle um let's tackle our next one, which I think really plays into this nicely, which is what coaching is is listening for understanding. And what coaching is not is listening for what we want to hear. Oh yeah. I love that. Uh, it's, it's, um, try, it's trying to be on, it's trying to understand, not trying to be understood. Absolutely. Absolutely. And this one is really, really fascinating. Um, so this happens all the time, um, in every possible relational scenario that you can imagine. And the outcome is, is that when, when we speak, there's no guarantee that the person on the other end actually hears us. So this is about what we have to do as the listener. Mm-hmm. And, and listening is probably the primary skill that you have to develop as a coach. Um, and what it comes down to is that um, the world is very confusing. Uh, as humans, our brains take in vast amount of data at a second to second. And we need to make sense of all of the data that we take in in order to survive. And this particular form of bias, listening just for what we want to hear, is called the illusion of validity bias. Mm. And the way that it works is that we find stories and patterns, even in sparse data, because the brain tries really hard to make sense of whatever is impacted in the present moment. Um, The brain doesn't care if it's right or not. It just wants to feel better. So the brain only cares about telling a story that it can understand. Yeah, so listening for understanding um, can feel like swimming up river because you're yes. so you're so used to listening for for uh, what you want to hear. Yes, absolutely. Um, so this is why fake news is so rampant in our society mm. um, because the sound bites we t- we try on and we pay attention only to the headlines that makes sense to our brains based on what we've previously learned. And as a collective society, we're losing our, our capacity for critical reasoning, which is a pretty big problem. Right. Right. So, um, do you think that listening for understanding, um, that is obviously, uh, something that is not only taught, but, but requires a a ton of practice. Right. 
Yeah, it requires practice and it requires awareness. And this is one of the reasons um, why training in this arena is is so very important um, because there's another kind of bias that actually plays into this and it's called hindsight bias. Mm-hmm. And this is also why continuing education is very important because just because you already knew something or once knew something, it doesn't mean that it's true in the current context or current situation. Oh, so it's wet. It's always changing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what we do is we project our current mindset and our current assumptions onto the past and the future. And this comes up for us because most things are subjective. So let's work through, you know, how this works. Like you come to me and say, um, electric cars are dumb, mm-hmm. right? right? So if, if I'm using coaching questions that are going to try to, to deal directly with these kinds of biases, um, my first question is going to be, okay, well, how did you confirm the information that you received? Uh, it just goes against my personal taste. <laughs> ah, well, I might zero science, zero zero, zero science or data. Yeah, and and so you know when we ask these questions of ourselves, our clients, or the people around us, it it pushes individuals to do better with data. Right. Right. Um, did you confirm that your conclusions were correct in accordance with any other information out there in the world? No. No. Okay. So if that's true, what would another interpretation of that particular situation be? Um, electric cars are different. Uh, electric cars uh, are creating a new genre, you know, it may not be my favorite genre, um, so uh, statements that 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 are more uh, real and based in truth instead of opinion, I guess. Yeah, or or the technique here is that you're asking yourself, um, or you're asking the people around you to just simply write a different story. Right. To right. write a different story to challenge their own, mm-hmm. um, and you know this this concept is done in bias work, and another place that I saw it. Um, happen really powerfully is through um, the the work at the University of Wisconsin that's being done in what's quite literally called the Prejudice Lab, mm. and it talks about different ways to overcome unconscious bias. And it's a really cool technique. Is when when you're aware of um, you you have to first become aware when you're telling yourself a story about something, um, and and this is so important in coaching because. The stories that we tell ourselves are what keep us from creating change and trying new things and taking risks. Yeah, of risks. course. Yeah, that's what keeps us uh, kind of stuck and locked instead of uh, grow, growing and evolving. Yeah. yeah. And those are the story. These stories keep us from meeting people who are different than ourselves, from trying new foods, from learning new languages, from traveling, from, you know, dating somebody who might be really different than, you know, what's been prescribed for you, right? Mm -hmm. So, like, these stories um, block us from a full and vast human existence. And so, step one is like, oh, holy shit, I'm telling myself a story. And then step two is, you know, it, it Unless you have the time and space to really do the research on what the true story is, a, a perfectly suitable um, antidote is to just try to write another one yeah. on the spot. 
is just yeah. try to write another one. Um, you know, if you, I, I did this, um, with my husband and I don't know if you and I have talked about it, but, um, I was explaining this stuff to him and I said, okay, you know, so we live really close to a couple of major universities. And I said, what if you saw somebody walking down the street, um, who had kind of like really worn, um, pants with like maybe patches on the knees, really worn shoes, a disheveled older looking man looked kind of confused. Maybe his glasses are on crooked and he's carrying a briefcase. that's just like overflowing with papers. And, um, and my husband said, oh, I think that maybe that person got off the, the bus or was coming from a hospital or, or needed some help. And I said, oh, yeah, but what if they were the head of the astrophysicist unit at Penn? Mm-hmm. We don't know. We don't right. know what story is right. true. Um, and that's the way that our, 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 our brains um, play tricks on us. And so we need to roll with it in order to get better at making decisions. Yeah. So it's all also, you know, um, a responsibility. So one, one of the responsibilities, uh, as a coach is to, um, practice telling yourself different stories. Yes. You know? And to have our clients practice in session, telling themselves different stories. Yeah. Don't be like me. Do as I say, not as I do. Actually, uh, <laughs> is that you? <laughs> yeah, do um do what you are preaching. Uh, live how you are coaching. Like everything that you believe in, you also have to apply to yourself, not just your clients, um, because that's there's a responsibility in that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So let's recap because this was a lot. So what coaching is is letting go. Mm-hmm. And so here we need to become aware when we want to fight ideas that contradict our current beliefs. Right. Um, Coaching is acting as an advocate and a champion. And so the skill here is to become aware when we have an impulse to make up a story about somebody or when we feel defensive or threatened. Sure. And then finally, coaching is listening for understanding. And so the trick here is to check in with yourself to make sure that you've actually verified your own conclusions and challenge yourself to make sure that you're simply not repeating either something that you've heard before or something that's not been validated. Yeah. You're not just listening for what you, um, what you want to hear that you're actually listening for truth. Yes. Yeah. Well, guys, thank you for listening. And if you want to go deeper on any of this, check us out at journey.co. Yes, I would love to see you in class and um, we'll have a blast. Yeah, and you could actually practice all of this, uh, all these theories, um, not only with uh, helping other clients, but also uh, yourself in your own life. Very much so. This was fun. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you. Be well. Thanks for listening to Everything Life Coaching. If you're feeling the draw to become a coach, head to journey.co slash everything to explore a new career that brings fulfillment, gives you a true sense of purpose, and a strong community to do it in. We created Journey Coaching to equip you with the tools, training, and community you need to attain your goals. Join Journey Coaching and begin your journey towards personal freedom and a transformative state of growth today. That's J-R-N-I dot C-O slash everything.